The LA Kings are back home looking for their first win on home ice of the season as they take on one of the top teams in the NHL. We'll preview the Kings against the Lightning, plus roster news for the Kings. We'll check out on how the Kings stack up against what the rest of the Pacific Division has done so far this season. And an old trade rumor involving the LA Kings has popped up again. We'll discuss all that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 796 subscribers. Our goal was 800 by the end of October, so looking good there. Thanks to all of you that have subscribed to the YouTube channel and also that are listening on the podcast as well. And if you could, please recommend the show to your fellow Kings fans. I am Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 16 years. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Kings are back home and ready to take on what could be their biggest test to date as they host the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that has made the Stanley Cup final three straight years and won the cup twice. More on the Lightning in a bit, but let's check in on the projected lineup for the LA Kings tonight. No surprises in the lineup. It's what we've seen for most of the season, minus, of course, Alex Ayafalo, who is out hurt. Uh, but the top line continues to be Andre Kopitar at center, Kevin Fiala on the left wing, Adrian Kempe on the right wing. The second line continues to be Philip Deneau at center, Trevor Moore on the left wing, Victor Arvidsson on the right wing. Quinton Byfield still centering that third line. Arthur Kaliev is playing on the left side uh, with Alex Ayafalo out. Gabe Velarde on the right side, and the fourth line, Blake Lazat at center, Brendan Lemieux on the left, and Carl Grundstrom on the right. As for your defensive pairs, the projected blue liners are Mikey Anderson on the left, Drew Doughty on the right. Um, that's the first pairing. Second pairing, Sean Dursey on the left, Matt Roy on the right, and the third pairing, Alex Edler on the left, and Brant Clark on the right. More on Brant coming up in just a minute. And the goaltender projected tonight is Jonathan Quick, your scratches are Jarrett Anderson Dolan, still yet to see his first game in a Kings uniform this season, and defenseman Sean Walker. There was a roster move to update John. The LA Kings placed forward Alex Iafalo on long-term injured reserve. He's been out since October 19th with a lower body injury. The Kings called up forward Austin Wagner from Ontario, um, and then they loaned him right back to Ontario. It was uh, basically a, a roster salary cap move. Um, the Kings sent defenseman Jacob Movarari back to the rain as well. Um, and so Alex Iafalo on long-term injured reserve gives the Kings some cap relief, and that uh, gave them the ability to call up Austin Wagner uh, and be able to fit him under the salary cap. But as I said, he's not actually on uh, the roster at this moment, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But uh, we'll see. No word on when we're going to see Alex Iafalo back in the lineup. But uh, again, it's not expected to be, um, you know, an injury that's going to keep now months, but it looks like it's going to be maybe a couple of weeks, unfortunately. Uh, as for the lineup for tonight's game against the Lightning, no surprises really for me. Um, I think this is the best lineup the Kings can put on the ice with Alex Iafalo out of the lineup. So if I were Todd McClellan, um, this is the lineup, exact lineup I would have put out there as well. 
I mentioned it before. I'll mention it again briefly, but I like Arthur Kaliev uh, playing on the third line and Carl Grundstrom on the fourth line. I think those two players fit in. Um, their skill sets fit in on those uh, two lines better than the reverse, which we've seen a couple of times this year. Uh, Jonathan Quick, back in net, no surprise there. His last start was in Saturday's loss in D.C. against the Capitals. He allowed four goals on 32 shots. I thought it was a an okay effort from Jonathan Quick. Obviously, it wasn't good enough to get a win, um, but I thought of the four goals that he allowed, I thought one of them was considered a bad goal. First goal was a bouncing puck, and it went through a couple of Capitals players' legs, and he thought the, it, the first Capital player that was kind of in front, he thought the puck was going to go to him. It ended up bouncing through him and to another teammate who was going the other way, so you had kind of crisscrossing players in front of Quick, so he had to move to play the first player, and then the second player got the puck, and he was a bit out of position, and that one was just a little bit unlucky. Uh, the second goal was a wrist shot that Quick got his glove on. I think that's the one that he would like to have back. Third goal was one where Brendan Lemieux's helmet came off and he had to leave the ice because that's the rule in the NHL. If your helmet comes off, you have to put it back on immediately or you have to get off the ice. I guess he decided he he couldn't get it to put it back on in time, went to the uh, short bench, um, but that left Quick basically one-on-one with the shooter and he took advantage. And the fourth goal was a wraparound that ended up going off the skate of defenseman Brant Clark and in, and that ended up being the game winner, and that was a tough one to let in. But um, like I said, of the four goals allowed by Jonathan Quick, I thought one of them was one he should have had. The other three, there were, I guess, uh, reasonable explanations for why they went into the net. Uh, Still would love to see uh, Jonathan Quick in net over Cal Peterson, who's really struggling at this point. So again, no surprise that Jonathan Quick expected to be in the net tonight as the Kings return home to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. For, for uh, the Kings tonight, uh, it is game number seven for rookie defenseman Brant Clark. Uh, he'll be um, you know, playing in the Kings' current three-game homestand against Tampa Bay tonight. You've got uh, Winnipeg on Thursday and then Saturday against Toronto, and that will make it nine games for Brant Clark. So again, he's got the three games coming up this week at home, and then it's time to make a decision on what the Kings are going to do with this very talented young defenseman. If they keep him beyond the Toronto game, if he if he plays that 10th game with the Kings this season, then the first year of his three-year entry-level contract kicks in, and he will be a member of the LA Kings all season long. Or the other option is send him back to the junior his junior team after the Toronto game, Uh, The contract doesn't kick in, so he would still be under team control for three more years following this year, and he will still develop his game, hopefully, um, against players. But uh, at this point, because Brant Clark is played in every game except the season opener, I kind of feel like uh, the team has gotten used to him being in the lineup. Uh, The Kings, I think, are obviously comfortable with him being on that third pairing with, with Alex Edler. I think they're leaning towards keeping him, but at this point, it's still not certainly in concrete. Um, We'll see. I I can't imagine he would do anything over these last three games that would make us all say, oh, oh, yeah, he's he's not ready yet, right? I mean, what we've seen from Brant Clark so far, um, I think he's been good enough. I think we would all like to see a little bit more offensively, but again, this is a 19-year-old kid who's making the adjustment to playing against the top players in the world. So it's his skills aren't exactly uh, where they are at this time. I think, understandably, he wants to be uh, reliable defensively first. And, and let's be honest, the Kings defensively so far this season as a team have not been uh, up to par. So that's an even more emphasis 
uh, for a guy for a guy like Brant Clark to play defense first and then let the offense kind of come to him, which I don't think is is necessarily what he's used to when he's playing in juniors. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy who basically kind of does whatever he wants. Um, but again, with the Kings, if the Kings have been have been playing, you know, great defensive hockey like we saw most of last year, I think that would uh, give Brant Clark the confidence to be a little bit more offensive and show off some of the things that makes him a special player. But because of where the Kings are right now, because he's learning the NHL game, I think it makes a ton of sense that we haven't exactly seen the really creative, explosive, offensive Brant Clark that we will eventually see at some point, uh, but really have not seen it yet. So um, again, he would have to really do something awful over these last three games, in my opinion, for the Kings to say, ah, you know what? he's biting off a little bit more than he can chew at this point. Let's go ahead and send him back to juniors. There's no harm in letting him develop and over-ripen on the vine, as the, the old Red Wings used to say, with their prospects and uh, and see where it goes. But uh, right now, I would say we're leaning towards Brant Clark staying in the NHL this year with the Kings, but um, that needs to be determined over the next three games all at home for the LA Kings. So obviously, we're going to keep a close eye on Brant Clark, as we have done uh, so far this entire season. As for tonight's opponent, the Tampa Bay Lightning are off to a slow start. They're 3-3 three and three on the season. Uh, they lost to the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Flyers. They've beaten the Blue Jackets, Panthers, and Islanders. They've won two games as they come into tonight's matchup. Uh, if you have been following the NHL, though, at all, you know the Tampa Bay Lightning have been one of the best-run and most successful organizations in the NHL in recent years. They've appeared in three consecutive Stanley Cup Finals. They won the first two. They lost last season to the Colorado Avalanche. Um, but like most successful teams, as we know as Kings fans, after winning a couple Stanley Cups, uh, you then have to make some tough decisions on which players you're going to keep and which players you're going to let go. You can't pay everyone. Everybody wants to get theirs, especially when you've had the success that they've had. And so the, the Tampa Bay Lightning this offseason did lose a few significant players. Forward Andre Palat left for New Jersey. Uh, he was a guy who was really good in the postseason for them. Um, a, a depth forward in the regular season, but he was one of those guys kind of like uh, Claude Lemieux who always seemed to step it up in the playoffs. Uh, they also lost veteran defenseman Ryan McDonough, who we saw earlier uh, this season playing for the Nashville Predators. So Tampa Bay is not as deep as they have been over the last couple of seasons, but they still have some marquee players. Steven Stamkos uh, is off to a great start this season. Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point are all um, standout forwards for them. You've got a great former Norris Trophy winner on defense, Victor Hedman, and their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, is a guy who usually is in the Vezina discussion year in and year out. So uh, this is still a very formidable lineup uh, that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to put out on the ice against the Kings tonight. Um, again, they're not quite where they want to be at this point, so maybe it's good to catch them early in the season before they kind of get things going. But it will be a very tough test for the Kings tonight. Other than maybe the Penguins, uh, this has been the, this will be the Kings' toughest test, in my opinion, so far on the season. Although I have to say, um, looking at some of the teams the Kings have played, and we'll get more into this when we talk about kind of the Pacific Division, but Seattle has been a lot better than expected. Um, Detroit has been a lot better than expected. Um, Pittsburgh has been really good. Um, so they, the Kings have actually played some pretty good opponents uh, so far on the season, and, and another one tonight. Uh, in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I saw a tweet. Um, this one was from uh, Russell Morgan earlier today over at Hockey Royalty. Uh, and he said, and I didn't I didn't look to research this. I'm going to trust Russell on this one. But he said the Kings are 0-7-3 in, 
in their last 10 games against Tampa Bay. And I would not be surprised if that's 100% accurate because of how well Tampa has played um, over the last few years. Uh, he said the last Kings win over the Lightning was December 6th of 2015, a 3-1 victory. And I had to kind of chuckle at the goal scorers for the LA Kings in their 3-1 win. The last time they beat Tampa Bay, Milan Lucic, Braden McNabb, and Andy Andrioff were the goal scorers for the LA Kings the last time they apparently beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, we'll see if we can uh, we can change that trend tonight. An old wise broadcaster once told me that statistics and records are uh, a reflection of what has happened, not what is going to happen. So hopefully that will be the case tonight. The Kings can get a big home win, their first home win of the season and kick off this little mini three-game homestand with a, with a big win. Uh, face-off tonight is set for 7.30 at Crypto.com Arena, and it will be broadcast locally on Valley Sports West. So an old trade rumor involving the LA Kings has popped up again. We will discuss that in a second, but first I need to tell you about an amazing product called Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day, cheaper than your morning coffee or your after-work brew, and you're investing in your health. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is even recommended by some professional athletes. Right now, it is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Jacob Chikrin shade rumors uh, have been rekindled involving the LA Kings after some comments made over the weekend on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast by um, uh, commentator Jeff Merrick. Uh, he provided a supposed update on a potential Jacob Chikrin trade by saying pretty much nothing new at all. Uh, the Coyotes would like to trade the talented defenseman and Chikrin wants to be traded. That's no news there. Nothing new there. Uh, Merrick said the Coyotes are asking for a high price for Chikrin. Nothing new there. Uh, he also mentioned the Kings and the Senators uh, thought to be teams of high interest. Uh, nothing new there. Uh, so it's, you know, hey, what's the latest on Jacob Chikrin? And they can't say, well, nothing. Uh, so they have to just kind of rehash uh, a lot of the old things. So there's really nothing new to report here. Um, so if you are maybe new to all this and don't know about Jacob Chikrin, he's a very talented 24 year old defenseman playing for the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes are trying to lose. Uh, they are not putting a competitive team on the ice. They're trying to acquire assets, draft picks for the future. Uh, Jacob Chikrin makes 4.6 million per season for the next two years. And that makes him a very attractive, uh, player to pick up because he doesn't make a ton of money. He's under contract for more than just this one year. He's young and he's talented. So no surprise that uh, you know there's teams out there that would like to get him. Every team in the NHL would love to get him. Uh, what makes him of particular interest to the Kings, as you probably know, is that the Kings have a ton of right shot defensemen to play on the right side, not so much on the left side. Jacob Chikrin is a left shot. 
and he plays on the left side, so he would fit in very well uh, with the LA Kings. Uh, and again, he's young, he's good, he comes at a reasonable price. All reasons why the LA Kings and a lot of other teams would would love to have Jacob Chikrin. And this rumor, Jacob Chikrin to the Kings, has been out there for, I don't know, at least over a year for sure. Um, and uh, look, there's a lot of smoke there, and I get it. It seems to be a perfect fit. The Kings have young talented prospects and the coyotes again are rebuilding they want young talented players to reinvigorate that roster because they ain't going to win anytime soon they're looking for probably four or five years down the line to try and be a contender again so yeah it does make a lot of sense and i know that there are some out there and i get the uh you know on twitter people say all kinds of crazy things but there seems to be this clamoring the kings have to get jacob chikrin now you know we're not off to a great start we need to bring him in and i say no uh at least not at this point uh first off jacob chikrin is coming off wrist surgery he has not played this season Uh, you're not going to make a trade for a guy before you know see him on the ice make sure he's fully recovered from this wrist issue and that he's going to be 100 percent so he can come in and help your team and so that's not going to happen anytime in the near future um, plus the Kings are not in a desperation mode at this point. Um, we're going to talk a little bit in a second about a team in the Pacific division that, that is in desperation mode and you could see anything happen even this early in the season, but the Kings are not there yet. I think if you're GM Rob Blake, you let this thing play out more. Um, plus, you know, I gotta be honest. I, I like Jacob Chikrin. He's a very good player. And would the Kings be better with him on their team than without him? Of course, but I think he's been built up a little bit that some fans are thinking he's going to ride in on a white horse and suddenly the Kings are going to be a Stanley Cup contender. And that's just not the case. Uh, He's not a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman, in my opinion. Uh, In his best season in the NHL a couple years ago, he finished 10th in the Norris Trophy voting. That means you're a very good defenseman, but you're not an elite level defenseman. You're not a guy who's going to come in and just suddenly change the the makeup of a a roster and and be a focal point of, of a team and, you know, kind of, no, look, nobody single-handedly, you know, even, even Connor McDavid can't single-handedly take, you know, the Oilers to the Stanley Cup. So it takes more than one player. But again, Jacob Chikrin, a very good player. Uh, if the Kings can get him for what they were willing to give up, then fine. But the, the Coyotes are in a position of strength. There is no reason for them to cave. Like I said, there's no pressure on them to win. There's no expectations. They don't have to trade him. They would like to trade him, but they don't have to. So they're going to sit back and they're going to wait and they're going to hope that we see a team that does get in desperation mode and is willing to give them exactly everything they want for Jacob Chikrin. And I just don't see that the Kings are in that place right now. Plus, like I said, I don't think he comes in and it's just the magical cure that makes the Kings you know, he's not that final piece for us to win the Stanley Cup. If he was, I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, pay the price, whatever. That's what we want. We're in it to win the Stanley Cup. But, you know, the rumors are that that, that the Coyotes want Brant Clark and Quentin Byfield. And I'm sorry, I'm not giving that, I'm not paying that price for Jacob Chikrin. I'm, I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. And I don't think Rob Blakey is either. So, so just because uh, this this rumor has been rekindled by the comments on Hockey Night in Canada, there's there's really nothing new to see here. To quote uh, Detective Frank Drebin in Police Squad, uh, it's it's uh, we're basically still exactly where we are. Um, and and again, I will be shocked if anything happens with the LA Kings and Jacob Chikrin uh, anytime soon. 
So we are going to check in on what's going on with the rest of the Pacific Division. We know about the Kings. We know they're not firing on all cylinders at this point. So what's going on with the rest of the teams in the division that the Kings are obviously fighting for uh, for a playoff spot now that we're two weeks into the season? We will talk about that in just a second. Uh, but first, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Kings have had an up-and-down start of the season. We know that. But what about the rest of the Pacific Division? Well, Vegas has looked maybe better than expected. They are leading the division with 10 points. Uh, Calgary has looked as good as advertised. They are 4-1, and one, 8 points. They've got two games in hand on Vegas. They aren't at the top of the standings at the moment, but they are the best team, in my opinion, in the Pacific Division, and that is not surprising. Edmonton, still looking to get their mojo. Oilers are 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They are coming off a real nice win over Pittsburgh last night. Seattle has been the positive surprise of the division so far, currently in fourth place with six points. The Kings also right there with six points. And then you've got San Jose, Anaheim, and Vancouver. The Sharks and Ducks are pretty much where they were expected to be, but the Canucks have been one of the biggest early season disappointments. They are currently the only team in the NHL that has not won a game. They are 0-5-2 on the season. Fans are throwing their jerseys on the ice in Vancouver. It is really bad. For just seven games into the season, it's obviously as bad as it could be. They've blown leads. They look really bad defensively, and I got—I will raise my hand. Uh, I was, at this point, very wrong on the Vancouver Canucks. I really thought that they would be battling for a playoff spot out of the Pacific Division this year, along with the LA Kings, and that has not been the case. Now, again, the Kings haven't played great hockey, but it, the, what, what they're going through compared to what Vancouver's going through couldn't be uh, more different. It is really, really bad for the Canucks right now. And uh, that's a team that you could see making some really big moves, changes um, going on. I think it also doesn't hurt that, frankly, their owner has been in the spotlight for some negative things. And uh, I think that uh, maybe he would be looking to possibly make a big move to kind of take the spotlight off of him and, and put it on his team. But it's been a disaster so far on and off the ice in Vancouver. You've got players making comments in the media at fans and obviously the fans throwing their stuff on the ice. And the general manager is saying, you know, we we're, we're trying to be patient, but we don't know what's going on right now. Why we're, we're not, we didn't expect to be this bad. So anyway, um, that's kind of a look at the Pacific division so far. Um, the only real surprise I think positively is Seattle. And the only real surprise negatively has been Vancouver. I think everyone else is pretty much where they are. Vegas though, um, the goaltending there was a huge issue. They lost their starting goalie, Robin Leonard, to start the year. And and could guys like Logan Thompson fill in and do the job? And so far, the answer has been yes for the Vegas Golden Knights. Also wanted to do a real quick check on what's going on with the Ontario Reign. Uh, through uh, six games this season, the Reign are 5-1 and one and tied for first in the Pacific Division. Um, I think they're actually 4-1. and one. I think I got that wrong with eight points so far. Um, their captain, TJ Tynan, leads the team with eight points. He's the two-time defending uh, AHL player of the year. Uh, Samuel Fagimo leads the team in goal scoring with four. And Jordan Spence leads all defensemen with six points, all assists. So great start for former Kings assistant Marco Sturm down there with the Ontario Reign as they are looking to play some pretty good hockey so far early in the season. 
Hey, coming up tomorrow, we're going to have a full recap of the Kings game against the Lightning. Again, face-off set for 7.30 tonight, and it'll be broadcast locally on Bally Sports West. You can also check out uh, the radio broadcast on the LA Kings iHeartRadio Network with our buddy Daryl Evans, who joined us on the show on Monday. Hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. I know that I did. Uh, We welcome your feedback or anything that's going on with the LA Kings or this show. The email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E, at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings, uh, Instagram also at Locked On LA Kings as well. Hey, I want to thank you for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen. Now, I invite you to make your next listen Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Audacity's app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That is Locked On Sports Today. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. Hopefully the Kings can get that first home win tonight against the Lightning. As always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.